With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Nicole Ackman's interview with the star for the new film Benediction, Jack Loden, and its writer and director, Terence Davies. Ladies and gentlemen, one of our greatest poets. <clears throat> Name, Sassoon Siegfried. Rank. Second Lieutenant. Disease? I've had some sort of breakdown. Your lot is with the ghosts of soldiers dead, and I am in the field where men must fight. Your duty lies in obeying orders. In the face of such slaughter, one cannot simply order one's conscience. Good morning, Doctor. We have a house magazine. I'm sure it would welcome a contribution. And I'll try to write something light and amusing. There's no need to go that far. Is this extremely beautiful young man? Sassoon, Siegfried. Sounds Wagnerian. I'm anxious to meet our distinguished guest. All the fine young cannibals. What should I do about my hair? Have you considered topiary? It's one of the inconveniences of the shadow life we lead. Friends may come, friends may go. Enemies are always faithful. Life goes slowly on. Trying to understand the enigma of other people. You're going to marry her? If the intention wasn't pure, I don't think I could go through with it. Purity is like virginity. As soon as you touch it, it becomes corrupt. Too afraid. Too inhibited. You're not alone. My whole future could depend on you. All my life, I feel as though I've been waiting for a catastrophe to happen. Most people live for the moment. You live for eternity. Hi. First of all, thank you so much for talking to me. I absolutely loved this film as a historian and someone who's been fascinated by World War I and the World War I poets. Like for many years, I thought this was absolutely brilliant. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So I wanted to ask first, what drew you to Siegfried Sassoon? Well, I was asked by Ben Roberts of the BFI um, to do it. And um, I'd never really read him as I'd read uh, Wilfred Owen and Rupert Brooke. Um, and, but I, I, when I got into drama school, those days you had to do a piece of Shakespeare and a piece of your own choice. The piece of my own choice was Concert Interpretation by Siegfried Sassoon, which was about the first performance in London of The Rite of Spring. It had been premiered the previous year in Paris to uproar, but in England, of course, they were much, much too polite to, to, to be And it's a wonderfully comic poem. Um, wonderful, wonderful use of language. So that's how I first knew him. Um, and then when, when I, six years ago now, uh, um, 
Ben Roberts asked me about. And I thought, well, I wrote, I, I need to read it. And I obviously need to read his biography. Um, the biographies were very, very daunting. He went everywhere. He knew everybody. It was just terrifying. What do I do? He never go, He never stays in, even for a fortnight. Um, so I, I was kind of horrified by that at first. And then I thought, no, well, what is it about this life that I'm drawn to? I was drawn to that he is gay, because I am, uh, drawn to the fact that he, he was a great poet, but he lived, the other two didn't. This strange thing of, uh, in the 30s, gay men getting married, which was very odd. And then the thing that really hooked me was he wanted to become a Catholic. I mean, I was brought up a Catholic. That's the, the religion you never go to. You don't take up anything. Christadelphianism, whatever that is, take that up. So that really intrigued me. Um, but what I didn't realize um, until I'd finished it, actually, until I'd actually finished, we'd finished cutting it. It's, it's about the journey toward redemption. And I realized that that's exactly what I've done. He didn't find redemption and neither have I, which was rather salutary, shall we say. Amazing. And Jack, were you familiar with Sassoon or his poetry before joining the project? Uh, yes, I was, yeah. Uh, we still, I don't know if they still do that, but have that awful dry, uh, period in, in in sort of standard grained English as it was called up in Scotland where they get the they get Shakespeare out and they make you read Shakespeare which should never be done <laughs> they should Shakespeare should be watched um, uh, but and the 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 Great War poet section as well where you would painfully analyze it as a fourteen year old <laughs> and you're not really you're not really it's not going in at all um, and you know you don't forget a name like Siegfried Sassoon in a hurry. So I definitely know, knew who he was. I knew of him. And I'd, I've done one or two other things set in the First World War. So he's always sort of come up. Uh, but I, uh, yeah, I, t I took myself off when I got the role. Or before, actually, it was just before we started shooting, I took myself off and with, a bunch, with as many poems of his I could find. And um, I still adore the poem uh, that he recites in the film at a dinner party. Uh, which is, you know, not necessarily a, a war poem, but I still adore <laughs> the, the hatred in that poem for the people that he's speaking about. Um, I, I love that wonderful thing that poets and great musicians have of, of having utter disdain for <laughs> the general public. I really love it. And what drew you towards taking this role? I was offered it. <laughs> for a start that that makes a massive difference <laughs> I actually uh I, I adore Terence's films I actually auditioned for Terence about a decade ago now for one of his other films for Sunset Song um and I remember Terence in the room offering me the part in the room and and, and then I couldn't do it in the end um I couldn't get out of a play that I was I was in until the end of what felt like the end of time um but and I had a lovely conversation with Terence in a, in a in a hotel in London afterwards, and and and, and I, I was offered it. And what what Terence talks about in terms of his redemption and and his deep deep regret was what I really what I, what I could pin myself to in in Sassoon, um, because I I've always had regret. I can have regret about the slightest thing, or I can have it about the biggest thing. And um, uh, his honesty. When talking about that, and also in his war diaries, um, 
and his sort of jealousy and vanity. Um, all of those things were, were very easy for me to tap into. <laughs> and Terence, you know, you talked about obviously Sassoon had an incredible life and did a lot of different things and you had to pick and choose what to include in the film. But is there something that you really are hoping that audiences come away having learned about him? It's always very difficult to answer that uh, because I don't know why people go to the cinema. <laughs> I've never known why people go to the cinema or the theatre or opera. I never, I've never understood it. Although I went avidly when I was a child um, to the cinema. It was like a, a religion to me. What I would hope is that they would be able to respond to it with their heart. But, and obviously, it's, there are going to be people who hate it. There are. You can't please everybody. Um, but I would hope that they would respond to that enjoyment in, in the widest possible sense, in the way that I did when I was a child, going to see Young at Heart and those lovely, lovely soft colours. I don't care about the sentimentality. I don't care. I just think Doris Day is gorgeous and it's very warming. Um, and I feel that about other films which are not warming at all, Night of the Hunter, for instance. Um, but if people would watch it with their hearts and then decide. Jack, I know this isn't your first time playing a historical figure. What is different about portraying a real person than a completely fictional character? Uh, but, uh, part of me wouldn't know because I've played so many. I've played <laughs> so many real people. Um, I'm playing another one right now. Um, a very, very different to Sassoon, but I, um, I, my, my first love is history. My first love <laughs> is, is, is reading about you know, any I, Terence sort of Terence and I sort of talked about that once or twice. And I, I have, I fell in love with film and television because life always looked better in film and television. <laughs> life looked everything looked a little bit simpler. Maybe that's just because there was always a soundtrack, uh, or or you know everything had a perfect ending. Every day was sort of tied up in a lovely pole. It always is in film. Of course, that's you know that changes when you watch different films. But when when I was when I was younger, I, I all I watched was. Um, comedies from the 1970s and 80s um i watched uh, i was obsessed with ronnie barker i watched every episode of porridge open all hours only fools and horses all the way through everything like that there isn't an episode i haven't watched um so life was always even in porridge uh, which is a sitcom set in prison life still seemed quite fun um so the sort of i got seduced by that but uh when I get to play real people, I, I get to find out, sometimes I get to find out about people that I didn't know of. And hopefully that's what this film can do for a lot of people, because he's a man who did extraordinary things um, uh, and admitted to extraordinary things. So um, it's it's always a real privilege, I, but never something I get too nervous about. I don't feel the weight of playing real people because it's 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 a film. You know, it's a film. It's one interpretation of someone's mm -hmm. life. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hello, this is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. 
Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today. And what was the most challenging part of this film, whether that's, you know, Terrence, for you, part of uh, writing it or in terms of a scene that was particularly challenging, if there was one? Yes, it was COVID. <laughs> I wondered. I know that you all filmed in late 2020. How did that go with working around well, everything? We went out originally to Pinewood to do camera tests three days before principal photography. And that was when Mike Elliott said, so we've got to postpone it. And I really did think, well, that's it. It won't get made. But the BBC and the BFI came up with the extra money for the um, the cost of the COVID tests. That that was the most worrying because, you know, you've got 40 people on a crew and, and actors coming in and out. No one came down with COVID. No one. Um, but there were small films that co- collapsed because they couldn't find any extra money. And that's really awful. Um, that's the biggest thing. The, the the other thing, which is entirely personal, is I think I, I hope I get it right. Because I do believe what Emily Dickinson says, for each ecstatic instant, we must from anguish pay in clear and quivering ratio to the ecstasy. And my God, she's right. <laughs> and was there anything in researching Sassoon that you found for either of you that really surprised you that you weren't expecting about him? That he became a Catholic. why would anybody want to be catholic i mean it's based entirely on guilt it's awful Um, that really drew me i thought i wonder what drew that Um, and um, because i was brought up a catholic of course i didn't know what the um the conversion was the conversion goes on for days i mean it's longer than wagner but without any of the jokes and uh, Jack, was there anything that surprised you about Sassoon that, you know, after obviously having studied him in school, but then doing more research on him? He, he, his nickname in the trenches was Mad Jack. Uh, and of course, you know, a man that's famous for being, being very anti-war and anti-that war, uh, probably more specifically, to learn about that and some of his feats of bravery, to learn the fact that he won... Uh, the military cross, he won a medal um, and uh, would routinely in his diaries almost openly admit to having jealousy uh, sort of engulf him about that when when he heard of other people because he was a sporting gentleman and th- that lot are always very um, trying to, you know, sort of one-upmanship um, and to sort of that complete U-turn, you know, th- there could even be an argument, did he write that because he thought, you know, it's the only way to sort of outdo his 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 kin. You know, there's a because he's so um, so adamant in his diaries uh, uh, that he he wants to become a, a great war hero, but he's sort of bashful the way he writes about it, almost not admitting to it, like an actor's talking about not wanting to win an award. You know, that awful thing when you have actors, they have to say, "No, I don't want to win it. I, I could never win it," when secretly every actor under the sun wants to win an award. Um, so. Uh, uh, yeah, 
that that in particular. Absolutely. I was wondering, obviously, Jack mentioned one of his favorite poems of Sassoon's, but do you have a particular one, Terrence, that you like best or one that you knew you wanted to sort of work into the film somewhere? Yes, too. I, I do love concert interpretation. I, I, it's one. And in the gallery, cargo to capacity, no tremors, bowed eruptions and alarms. They are listening to this not quite new audacity, as though it were by someone dead, like Brahms. <laughs> and, and, and the, 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 the uh, poem to his mother. I love the poem mm. to his mother. Mm. Yeah, those are both lovely. I was also curious about the title of the film, which is Benediction, and, you know, how that sort of was chosen and, and what the thought process behind it is. Well, it's a calling down a blessing from the divine. Um, that's, that's what it literally means. Um, and it just seemed right, especially when, I mean, I, I, I gave up Catholicism when I was 22, but I've always had that feeling that if somehow I was really true to the principles of Catholicism, did everything that they did, kept the commandments, I would be A, loved by God, and B, he would send me succor. And mm -hmm. it never happened. It never happened. Uh, the, and I think it doesn't happen for Siegfried. Um, it just doesn't happen. I also was curious, obviously, like you said earlier, this film deals very candidly with Siegfried's sexuality. And with you being a gay man yourself, you know, was that portraying that very important to you? Like, are, especially because so many of these figures like Sassoon, a lot of that sort of wasn't spoken about for a period of time. You know, what does it mean to be able to sort of bring that into his story? Well, you've got to remember, he was from a very privileged background. And a lot of them, those gay men got away with it simply because they were privileged. They knew the right people. You you try being middle class and working class, you'd have three years hard labor. That's literally what, what it was. So they got away with it because they were privileged. Um, but um, I grew up in a society where it was still a criminal offense in the mid 50s. Um, and there was a, a dreadful newspaper called the Empire News, which my family bought because they did. And it was 1955. And I remember opening this tabloid and there was a bowl of fruit superimposed on the text and it said, queers, they're everywhere. And the terror of that, I mean, the sheer terror of it. And at, at 10, I didn't realize I was gay, but it was terrifying. People were vile, really vile. Um, so I grew up with that. Um, and that has tempered the way I feel about it. Um, the other thing that the only sex scene in it is um, almost en passant, because I didn't want it to be, um, you know, those close-ups of gym trained bodies and they've got body makeup on and nobody ever gets cramp, nobody ever farts. I mean, I'm just so tedious. The, the, I said, the point of that is that it's not the sex, it's the fact that he's betrayed his current boyfriend. That's the point, um, but also, <laughs> actually shooting that, I was the only one on the set who was embarrassed. And I remember thinking, why on earth did I write it? <laughs> I love that. So, you know, your last film before this was A Quiet Passion about Emily Dickinson. And now I'm curious, is there another poet that you would like to make a film about? No, I think those are the two. Okay. <laughs> those are the two. I mean, he was marvelous. So was she. You know, mm -hmm. just, oh, such wonderful poetry. 
You know, mm-hmm. I, I remember when I was in, about 18 and on television, on the local television, they had half hour programs, two 15 minute biographies. And one was about Emily Dickinson. And it was Claire Bloom reading her mm-hmm. poetry because I could not stop for death. He kindly stopped for me. Oh, <laughs> oh what a poet. What a poet. Yes, I think these two will honestly be a, a great double feature of films. Would love to <laughs> see a cinema do that someday. Uh, perhaps I could make um, a musical about Longfellow and Hiawatha. <laughs> and that maddening rhyme. <laughs> um, and similarly, Jack, you know, you talked about you've played a lot of historical figures. Is there someone that you would like to see a film made about or maybe even play yourself? Oh, God, that's a big question. <laughs> oh, there's so many. I would love to, pl- I mean, I, I, I would love to see a film made about uh, Bonnie Prince Charlie, the man who escaped death by dressing up as a woman, escaped the Hanoverian government. I would kind of, I would love to see that. I would, yeah. And It's amazing that one hasn't been made yet. It, it, it is amazing, but, you know, we're, we're you know, there's hopefully one in the work somewhere. <laughs> Amazing. And then just to wrap up, you know, like we said, you filmed this in late 2020 with COVID going on and everything, but people are finally going to be able to see it soon in the cinemas. Is there something in particular that you're very excited for people to see in this film? Oh, it's very hard to respond to that because you, you obviously want to be liked. I'm as vain <laughs> as anybody else. I want to be told lovely things and it hurts when people don't like it. Um, I just want them to watch it and enjoy it in the widest sense, you know, um, because all of us, all of us gave all of ourselves from the very highest to the very modest people who worked on the film. Um, so much so that I don't see it as my film. I see it as ours. And I want I want everyone else to be rewarded for that because I couldn't have done it without them. I'm that commitment. And Jack, is there anything that you're particularly excited for people to see? Uh, I'm excited for people to see my Charleston on a personal <laughs> note. Um, but I'm mostly excited just for people to know about this man and, mm-hmm. uh, and and what he did for us. Yeah. Well, thank you both so much for this interview. This is such a lovely film and honestly, I think much needed. I think there's a lot in it that, that's really special and I already can't wait to watch it again. So. Oh, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to Nicole Ackman's interview with the star for the new film Benediction, Jack Loden, and its writer and director Terrence Davies here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Benediction is currently playing in theaters from Roadside Attractions. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening as always, and we shall see you all next time.
Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.